Welcome to the Chicago Bears Podcast. A presentation of ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports. Here's your host, Pat the Designer. Beardine Bears fans, welcome into another edition of the Chicago Bears podcast on a Tuesday. Once again, not Courtney Cronin, but still good looking. John Yerkovich in the building, the good kid. Good kid, welcome back from AC. Yeah, it's good to be back. How are you? Little, good to be little, here. Still good. early? Good to be in the ABC7 building. No, I was up at 6 this morning. Yeah. Yeah, but until I have my coffee, I'm not really alive. I didn't <laughs> drink coffee at the house. I got in the car. I missed Dunkin' Donuts on the way in, so I had to stop at Dunkin' Donuts downtown, pick one up. So slowly but surely, I'm starting to get my wits about The end of this podcast will be amazing by the time he's got half a cup of coffee. <laughs> oh, you'd be surprised how good it's going to be. Uh, man, we got so much to get to today. We got to talk about Justin Fields, get a true evaluation of what's now coming with all the moves that have been made in the offseason. Have the Bears done enough offensively? Then got to talk about KC. Can't uh, have you on the pod and not hear about sure. what happened down there. Yeah, we had a good time. And then uh, Jordan Love got, uh, got paid a little bit of money. Got to talk about Jordan Love making an impact. And finally... Sure. Yerk's going to educate a lot of people on uh, oh boy, what's really going on with uh, Jervon Dexter here. He, he came in with a little bit of a chip on the shoulder this morning on that one. He uh, said, social media, you got to get educated. Well, here. too many people like to talk without knowing what the hell they're talking about. <laughs> and that, that's a problem. All that and more in today's episode of the Chicago Bears podcast. If you haven't done so, hit that like button, subscribe to the page, and make sure you leave a five-star review on the podcast side. Also, make sure you're listening on the ESPN Chicago app. You can get to the YouTube from there as well. Let's get into the show. We got the first quarter here. First quarter. Yerk, we saw a lot of additions made to the Bears by Ryan Poles in this draft. They go out, they get the offensive lineman on Thursday. Big get, right? End up passing on Jalen Carter. A lot of people have issue with that. But at a minimum, you feel like you got a plug-and-play guy at the right side. Has Ryan Poles given the Chicago Bears enough in the totality of the offseason to where now you're coming into this season? looking at Justin Fields, looking at Matt Eberflus, looking at Luke Getze and saying, okay, boys, it's time for you to get the job done. Not saying you got to be a 10-win team, but we need to see some serious improvement in this football team. I I think he's addressed the interior of the defensive line. Uh, I think he addressed the right tackle position, which was a glaring need. Riley Reif and Larry Borum would got awful last year. So, yeah, I think he's addressed places. Cornerback, he's got a corner. Uh, you're going to have to make a decision on Jalen Johnson this year. Yeah. You're going to have to figure out what you're going to do with him. Yes, no. I mean, which of the one interceptions is your favorite? I, I, I say the same thing all the time. Yeah, here. which of the one I is my, the is my favorite? I don't know. The There's only one. It's my favorite. <laughs> so if you're going to want to get paid as a defensive back in this league with only having one uh, interception, I think that becomes problematic as you move forward. Yeah. So he got the corner. He got the two defensive tackles. He's got the right tackle. He picked up a backup running back, uh, which you know you needed probably after Montgomery left. You got him in the right spot. Fourth, fifth round is probably where you want to go ahead and grab a running back. Yeah. Uh, I like it in the Priest Holmes scenario to Ricky Williams, uh, the backup to the all-world guy from Texas. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, yeah, he, he did fine. He he did well. Got the receiver out of Cincinnati. A really little like bit that. of speed. He's going to compete with the rest of these guys. Let's see who's going to find a way to get it done. Remember, Mooney is not an Eberflus or a Poles guy. No. So as talented or as good as whatever he might be, the benefit of the doubt goes to the guys that have been drafted by Ryan Poles from Ryan Poles. Yeah. So when he's evaluating, he's looking, he sees two guys are even, he's going to side with the guy that he picked. Yeah. So always remember that in the background. That's always there. So, so you think Mooney might be the cut in that situation. That's interesting. I, well, I thought maybe well, a, a okay. fix for uh, Valus. And again, I already put two, I put the scenario out there. Yeah. But the caveat, if both are even, who do you keep? You keep yeah. the guy that you drafted, not the guy that the other guy drafted. So, sure. that I mean, that's it. That's the caveat. Yeah. I don't know if it's going to happen. Mooney might uh, come into camp, stretch out, and, and be the guy. Oh, my God. Take a look at what Darnell Mooney has done coming back. Wow. Good, 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 good. Everything's good. Yeah. Could be Claypool that comes out and, and you know, r- r- looking rather tepid and looking I, I would rather so. ordinary last year. <laughs> I, would, I would hope so. Comes out this year with a little <laughs> bit more confidence, a little bit more comfortability uh, within the offense and within the, the scheme and with the guys. 
maybe he's the guy that pops during training camp and like you're like oh man take a look at this wow yeah. well went from a weakness now both guys are popping and then you got dj Moore. hey take a look this could be a possible strength for us so um yeah all types of things can happen but yeah i like i like what he did uh he's got a type He's on got the, a type. on the defense on the defensive line. He's, he's got, a got a type that he likes. He's a uh, he's a he's a yeah. tall redhead guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's got he's got his his type. He's gonna stick with it. Ryan Poles would never have drafted John Yurkovich out of anywhere. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. I'm not his guy. I'm six one and a half. I was two hundred and eighty pounds. I ran a five two five forty. Right. Never mind my four four two shuttle. <laughs> 20 shuttle which is phenomenal uh, what, 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 was, what was that what was that, uh, what, was that number there? What, what was that number there? what's that what was that number down 442 20 yeah. yard shuttle Ooh, that's phenomenal Ooh. one of the top times in the talk your talk yeah. top times in the defensive line out there but my point is paul's got a guy he knows what he likes he likes big guys he likes heavy guys that can move uh both guys rubs uh, run sub 4940s so he's got that type. That's what he likes. He likes to uh, recruit from the big power five conferences. That's where he likes to get his players from. That's not much of a shock. A lot of young kids come in going, you know, they, they either played out there. Um, they played like at one of the lesser schools. Yeah. And they know what the talent level is. And we know who's getting all the five-star recruits. There's no shock out there. The five-star guys are going to the big schools. Everybody knows that. Georgia, Alabama, that's where they're heading. Ohio State. So if you're going to go scouting guys where do you go you go to where the guys were all five-star guys coming out of high school but they all go to these schools the, so you go check them out with the eagles schools. had a uh, field day on georgia you yeah know what i mean they said they said anybody at georgia guys, available two-time two-time uh back-to-back -back ncaa champions yeah. why wouldn't you take yeah. a look at that you might as well yeah i i like that i like that we're doing that organizationally i i agree with you i like how polls has positioned this team this season to me i come into this season not saying that i need to see the completed product but I need to see, okay, now the development that Luke Getzey and, and Ryan Poles and and, uh, and Matt Eberflus and uh, Alan Williams. Alan Williams had me at times scratching my head, but, I mean, he had the rug pulled out from under him too. But uh, what kind of development they're going to get out of these guys? I need to see what kind of step the Bears are going to take this year. And I think that Ryan Poles has done a good job of, from one season, I look at it as the organization, the, the front office was the issue, to now – if we have a 4-5-1 season, I'm looking at the players on the field like, hey, boys, what's going on? Yeah, there's a problem there. Yeah. There's a problem. I mean, that was an intentional disassemblement yes. of a football team uh, with the idea of getting a, a big dead cap number. And that's what they went about the business of doing. You know, when you let Hicks go, you let other guys go that had uh, money left on contracts. Right. Well, and then eventually they traded. Yeah, you traded Mac in the preseason. Yeah. Then you made the full commitment when you got rid of Roquan Smith. Yeah. And then you got rid of uh, Robert Quinn. That was the full commitment to say, hey, we're tearing this thing down. We're getting a big cap number. We're going to be somewhat active next year. They're already above the minimum they have to spend. Yeah, if they wanted to go get a, a veteran defensive end that could rush the passer with, for me, uh, Nagakwe, Yannick, Yannick, uh, Yannick Nagakwe, being yep. the preferred individual in that scenario. I don't know if Clowney brings that much to the table. As much as Nagakwe could actually Frank put Clark, pressure on maybe? the quarterback. Maybe. Frank Clark, maybe, yeah. too. 33-year-old Frank Clark out of Kansas City. was Is that him? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah 33-year-old. He can rush from the middle also. Is Frank Clark 33? I think he is 33. I mean, I'm not going to look it up right now, but I believe when I, I read about Frank Clark, somebody had it noted next to him that he was 33 years old. So Frank Clark aging gracefully out here. Yeah. Well, there's nothing wrong with that. Some guys can. And if you can, go ahead and do so it was intentional to be bad last year. They were bad. They end up with the number one pick. They turn it into a bunch of different things, uh, including Frank Clark, 29. Picks. Oh, is it 29? 29, 29 going on 30. Look, I aged him. Yeah, a little bit. I aged him You aged years. him out of the league almost there. <laughs> well, that's why you thought he looked great for 33. He looks great for 29. But I think Frank comes more from the middle. Yes. So, I but agree. either way, but any anybody that gets signed is on a one-year deal. Yes. One-year deal. And, uh, you know, if Frank Clark comes in and Yannick Nagakwe come in and they're studs for you, you might be able to move them and get something for them, too, because yeah. they're not part of your future anyway. Right. But we had a veteran that joined us in Jacksonville, Clyde Simmons. And Lagerman was down there. Jeff Lagerman was there. I was there. Kelvin Pritchard was there. Don Davey was there. And so we got the veteran in. And mm -hmm. they got Clyde Simmons because he could rush the passer. Right. And Clyde could do it from anywhere. 
And Clyde was one of our top, and we had Tony Brackens. He's a young rookie at the time. And uh, Clyde was the exact veteran defensive presence that you needed. Yeah. He was there in 1996, and then he wasn't there no more. That's that's so so how how does the dynamic of that because I've asked this right where coming into this season I look at the on the offensive side what we saw last year on the defensive side what we saw last year we led the NFL in first and second year player snaps by like a thousand snaps I think it was ridiculous like you had kids on the team at every position sure. leading the way how much does just having a guy even as a even as a, a hired gun right like Yannick Ngakwe has right. been coming in but being that veteran presence that you know how much does that impact he's got team? 65 sacks um I think he's got 65 sacks over seven years yeah so, I mean, he does a hell of a job of getting the He's quarterback. A yeah. I mean, and that's what you need. You just need help getting to the quarterback. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how much of a team guy. This would be this would be a six team in eight years. Yeah, he's he's, uh, he's, he's kind of weird that you know, he'd like come in and they'll say, Okay, this isn't for me, get me out of here. Yeah. And he doesn't care. You know? It it's so I mean that that's the the interesting part with him, but I don't care. I need somebody that can rush the passer. Yeah. I'll find a way for him to get along with people. You only need to get along for so long. We haven't seen the schedule. We know who they're playing. Yeah. Uh, Green Bay's come down. Detroit, theoretically, is on the rise, but you played them tough 31-30 last year. I believe the second game you played them tough also, but uh, they got away from you in that one. Minnesota, like I said, they're on the way down too. They were 12, 13-4 last year with a lot of one-score games. Um, and when they, they do the little trick where they go, okay, if – the one score games, if it didn't work right, what would your record be? I mean, their record fell off the face <laughs> of the earth. They're okay. Well, it, it proved to be right. true in the first round. Right. Well, they got pummeled. Yeah. They got pummeled in the playoffs. By the Giants. Right. You know. So I look at this team as an eight and nine or a nine and eight football team. The yeah. point is they're in the hunt the whole time. Yeah. You know, they were three and four after seven last year. Yeah. You're in the hunt at three and four. If you're four and five, you're in the hunt. If you're five and six, you're in the hunt. You still don't have a winning record. You're a very mediocre football team. I expect this team to be a very mediocre football team. Uh, I think the offense is still going to be a little bit better than the defense because you haven't addressed the defensive end position uh, with anything that's going to be a long-term answer. But I think you'll be see some exciting football. I think it's the Chicago Bears with a bullet. Uh, if they don't make the playoffs, I think the Bears end up drafting about 15th, 16th next year. So they're going to be right in the middle of the pack. They'll be right there where most teams finish. Nowadays, it's between 7 and 10 and 10 and 7. Oh, yeah. Half the league Half finishes the there. In, Half the, the league finishes right there. Half well, the in the 10 and 7s, obviously, they go to the playoffs. Yeah. But last year, was worst? Was it Tampa that was 8, 8, and 1 Tampa or 8, 9? 7, 9, and, or 7, 7, seven victories for them? Something like that. Oh, my God. Yeah. But, yeah, that team's going to win its division. Nobody else comes out of there for the you know for the playoffs, but I still think the division needs to stay the way it is. If you're the best team in the division, you get into the playoffs. Period. That's it. None yeah. of this. Oh, the seven best uh, Tampa Bay results. Last season, eight and nine, eight and nine, seventy-one yeah. win percentage. On well, that. I mean, you're sub five hundred with seventeen games. Yeah. I mean, that's the way it works. They make the playoffs. Did they win the first round? They. Did, they did get out of the first round. I thought they won the first round, and then got eliminated in the they second got eliminated round. Looked very average. Round, yeah. I believe it, it's it's so interesting, right? When you, when you look at it, the NFL just allows you so much opportunity to turn it over, right? That's why I think a lot of Bears fans come into the. Now, nah, I will say, last year, right? I looked at our schedule last year, and I was like, yeah, I can see the Bears finding seven wins here. It might be hard depending on what they do, but uh, I can see them finding right. and, seven wins. And, and, and you go through it. Nobody was expecting them to beat San Francisco at the beginning of the year. Yeah, That's not one. I had it. I had the upset because I thought it was going to work with Trey Lance not having any experience yeah. with them playing at home. Nobody knew 7-3 was going to be the final score. Yeah. I didn't anticipate them winning 7-3. to three. Nobody expected right. the flooding of the monsoon that England, happened on right. the new grass yeah. there. You didn't expect them to beat New England. That, that's not a game I thought they would have won. And see, that's the that's the part that gives me the optimism when I look at a season like this. It's right. like, yeah, I have their floor. Listen, if you're not a six to seven win team this season, I think something went wrong. There's some players here that you misevaluated. You have some problems. But then, right, I always say your ceiling could be 10 wins because there's always going to be a couple of games that I look at and I say, yeah, you, you're going to lose that, that you might be able to pull out. 
And there's probably going to be some games that I'm like, you should win that halfway through the season that the Bears will end up losing. Remember the dynamics of the season, too. After 10 weeks last year, you had Tennessee at seven and three. Yeah. You had the New York Jets at seven and three. Both of those teams end up missing the playoffs. Yep. Both teams look like world beaters early on. Then all of a sudden something happens and and, and boom, they lose faith in Zach Wilson, yep. right? And all of a sudden, and then when they get those bad tidings and those bad feelings and the negativity starts to permeate around the place, all of a sudden bad football starts to rear its ugly head yeah. and or the schedule becomes a little bit tougher. And then it's like, oh, wow. And you remember the the Bears last year. So the Texans is the other team they beat, right? Yep. yep. So remember the, the Washington game, brutal loss. The New York Giants, brutal loss. 31-30 loss to the Detroit Lions, I believe at home here. Yeah. Just absolutely horrendous and then the atlanta falcons yep the falcons you lost to the falcons the falcons were pitiful there's your four right there yeah four games that were winnable four four games that were there for you and you were just a seven win team you were a mediocre football team last year yeah i thought last year's team was a seven one seven one football team disguised as a three one football team you know so when they tell me there's going to be an improvement this year and we're going to go to seven wins well then you just did what you were supposed to do last year yeah only you didn't sabotage yourself and you didn't get rid of two of your best defensive players because you intentionally wanted to be bad. Well, I feel like the thing is, too, right, when you look at the offensive side, how many of those games are we talking about Justin Fields driving the team down at the end? And, mm-hmm. you know, some something that is just like uh, you play in the NFL, you, sh- you should know to go out of bounds here. Yeah. You, you play in the NFL, like your job is to catch the football. Your whole, like your receiver, like, there's only one job you have, just catch it. And, like, if we see a couple of those things happen, we're talking about this team in a completely different light. We're talking about this team not having the first overall pick. So it probably, I mean, it ends up working out in our favor where we are now heading into the season. But I think think what I'm trying to say, Pat, is I'm more excited for the season than the average person is because the average person, oh, oh, I'll just settle for this or I'll settle for that. No, the best, the, the time of the year to be most, excited about your football team and not to be a realist is at the beginning of the year. I don't want to be a realist. Uh, I, I want to have faith in my football team. I want to believe everything's going to go right. Yeah. I want to believe in we're going to have breakout players and we're going to have candidates for rookie of the year, and uh, you know, uh, defensive rookie of the year, offensive rookie of the year. That's what I want to sit and talk about. I don't want to be, oh, glum, oh we're never going to make it. Oh, I can't believe it. No. The time of the year to be excited is is the beginning of the football season. That's when your th- team is going to be able to conquer all. Remember the 2018 team? Yep. What's the record after six games? Three and three. Three and three. three, and three. They yeah. lost to Miami yep. in a horrific loss, 31-29, I yep. believe it was, or 31-28. Horrific loss. Drake, uh, not Kenya, is it Kenyon Drake fumbled Kenyan on Drake. the goal line. He had Akeem Hicks butt. The butt forced the fumble. Uh, we had a missed field goal at the end of regulation. Absolutely catastrophic. And they came back and they ended up winning nine more yeah. in a row. Yeah. Young. So, I mean, it's not like you got to get off to a red heart, a red hot start. A red hard. Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> so you had the teams that couldn't win at the end last year. Yep. Uh, with the New York Jets, and with the Tennessee Titans. Then you had the teams all of a sudden got hot late and won five out of six. Jacksonville being one of those teams. One late gets themselves into the playoffs. Yeah. Hey, that's what you've got to do. You've got to find a way to feel good about yourself. you got to find a way to win. How to win games is important. And when you're young, you don't realize how to win games is important. You get into the fourth quarter, there's a recipe and a formula for how to win games. Yeah. And you've got to experience it and you got to learn it. And then once you experience and learn it, then by you know almost forced habit, it becomes uh, habitual for your team to get into fourth quarters and find ways to win games. People don't believe in it, but I believe in it. Well, we saw it last year. All of a sudden, the Bears had an offense. All of a sudden, yeah. the Bears could score points. Yeah. We went from literally, like you said, beginning of the season. And then we couldn't stop anyone. Yeah. And we couldn't stop anybody. Yeah. Well, listen, again, by design. But hey, hey we're going to keep this thing moving along here. We got to find out about KC. I got I got questions. It was wonderful. KC as we get into the second quarter here. Second quarter. Yerk. How was the food? I, look at me. Look at me. I'm, yeah. I'm here. I'm, I'm an I'm eater, Eric. I'm an eater. I'm with you. So we ate at four different places, and we ate at an ice cream store on the final day. So Joe's is the first barbecue we had, and Joe's was phenomenal. Yeah. All of it. Uh, we had uh, pulled pork, 
we had uh, brisket. Uh, we had sausage. I'm a big sausage guy. Yeah. So every place I went, I made sure I had some sausage. Well, shout out to you. It was all phenomenal. The second place was peanut. We had this stuff delivered to my hotel room as we got there because we're getting in late. So I called the guys in, and boom, it was all there. It was in hot bags. It was absolutely perfect. Yeah. And so we dug into all that, and we destroyed a big chunk of that um, that night, and we went out. So peanut for the chicken wings, and the chicken wings were phenomenal. You go to Kansas City, you go to Peanut, you got the best chicken wings out there, period. That's where you go. The next day, we go to Arthur Bryant's. After the first show, we go to Arthur Bryant's. The turkey was phenomenal. The sausage was exceptional. The uh, They sold the uh, baby back ribs by uh -huh. four bone. Four bone baby, baby back ribs. Eleven ninety nine for four bones. That's the way they sell them. Four, four, four. Okay. So you're paying thirty six dollars for a slab of ribs, baby back ribs out there. Is it worth it? Uh, I, I thought the ribs were phenomenal. The brisket, on the other hand, at Arthur Bryant's. Uh oh. Uh -oh. We're not not. Uh, Whoa! If not I wanted to chew on grizzle all day, oh boy, I could chew on grizzle all day. Oh so. I guess you might have to ask for them to to slice them thin. Yeah. You know, if you go in there and say thinly sliced, then you might be able to get away where you can get rid of some of that fat. Not a good thick cut. But it enough. was fatty. It was fatty, fatty, fatty. I gave up on trying to eat it. But the turkey was phenomenal. Uh, the baby back ribs were phenomenal. The sausage was phenomenal. And the pulled pork was exceptional. So Can't go wrong. But, I mean, if you're going, usually you go to a barbecue, you're going for brisket, right? I'm going for the brisket. Or some burnt ends. If I if I go to a barbecue yeah. spot, I'm going right. for the brisket. Unless I'm going to yeah. Lem's out on the south side, then I'm going for the rib tips. I got you. Q39 was our final spot yeah. recommended by Kaplan. Dave. Uh-huh. So we go in there, and they said it's a little bit bougie, you know. <laughs> It's a little bit more of your fancy pants when it comes to uh, the barbecue. Fancy barbecue? Yeah, fancy barbecue. I've never heard of this. Yeah. But there were suits and ties in there? Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. We had, it's like where all the big wigs of the NFL were at, Q39. And so we go in, and uh, we had uh, the appetizer. We had chicken wings, and it was phenomenal. So they were good. Um, the sausage here was the best. Yeah. Right? The sausage was exceptional everywhere, but the sausage here was the best. And then what kind uh, of sausage? Uh, it had like um, a jalapeno Ooh. and a cheese in in there. Is a jalapeno cheese sausage, okay. and they sliced it the right way, you know, yeah. where the it looks longer than it actually is because they slice it on diagonal. Uh -huh. So it it was phenomenal. Um, what else do we have? We had the sausage. I had some uh, baby back ribs or spare ribs. I had spare ribs that day, and then. Uh, you know, Carmen had the chicken. I had chicken also. I did dark meat because I love the thigh. The thigh is the juiciest piece of chicken you're going to be able to find. And uh, I broke it down. It was good with the hands. You eat barbecue, you eat with your hands. There yeah, ain't no I'm forks. sitting here. That's why I'm trying to figure out the fancy barbecue. Are there like oh. forks and knives going they on? They had forks and knives there, yeah. I use the hands, though. You got to tear a piece of chicken apart with your hands to get all the goodies. Then you turn the thigh over, and that backbone's got that little bit of stuff in the yeah, back yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you got to eat that, too. Mm -mm -mm. We're still talking about chicken, right? Right. Yeah, but yes. Yeah, well, of course chicken. we are. Okay. But no, the, yeah, listen, right. the oh. food was good. The food was good. And, uh, you know, and thank when heavens. did you find time to get to the draft? Well, we worked out there from 12 o'clock to 225. <laughs> so once 225 was done, we had the Ubers. Yeah. You know, we get all the equipment back, and then it was time to go eat and drink. And so for the better part of 3.30 until 11 o'clock at night, <laughs> We were drinking and eating, what so was the having drink a good of time. To go with the barbecue down there, you're uh, the drink of choice down there. I just went with the soda. I didn't go with a beer or anything like that or a cocktail. I, I you don't want to spoil the taste buds mm -hmm. when you're going after barbecue. Okay, so you want to be able to attack it. Uh, sweet heat at Arthur Bryant's though. When I was having it with the sausage, we yeah. had a couple things of French fries there. It was the sweet heat. I dipped everything in the sweet heat, and it was good. The turkey. You got to have the turkey. You got to have the turkey. All right, I'm going to have the turkey. I had the turkey. Yeah, the sweet heat was good. <laughs> yeah. It was good, and the turkey was good, too. Got to love it. Had to get. Hey, listen, I couldn't, I couldn't let barbecue talk not happen yeah. today. Yeah. You no. coming back from KC. It was phenomenal. You know, it, it was good. Uh, Joe's, though, and then uh, Jack Stack yeah. was a place that we've got to go back and we've got to try. Carmen believes he's going to head back there with uh, when we play Zetterman and Watchman when they play. They're going to go out there for the trip as long as it's not November or December. 
if it's early in the year, they're going to head out and they're going to do it. So, and then they're going to hit a couple of the spots we didn't hit. Can't go wrong. With that. Yeah, I might, might have to. Might have to take a little trip. Yeah, out you to might KC. have to tag along. A little podcast Carmen, on location. I, I tell you this though, Carmen has also said that the Texas barbecue is better than the Kansas City barbecue. Really? Then I told him you got to try Carolina barbecue. Carolina barbecue, I've yeah. had. I'm, I'm, I'm a big Carolina barbecue yeah. guy. Um, Georgia barbecue, I love because uh, when I had that, they were like, "Yeah, you just go to that little shack there, you knock on the door, and they just hand you out yeah. some barbecue." It's some of the best barbecue I've ever had in my All life. Right? Yeah, can't go wrong with a little Georgia. And then uh, you know, my people are from Alabama out here, so you throw you throw anything on the grill down in Alabama. That's I've, right. I've had Gator. I've had the. Uh, I asked Carm about the Alabama white sauce. And Carm's, I never had Alabama white sauce. <laughs> well, yeah, it's a thing, Alabama white sauce. I didn't know about it. Then I saw it at a barbecue place. And what is this? They go, Alabama white sauce. I put it on there. Boy, it got a little flavor in there. It got a little, little, yeah. a little something to it. It's not much out of Alabama that don't come with flavor. You know what I'm saying? Anyway, uh, let's get into the third quarter here. Third quarter. Already? We're keeping this thing moving along. We are at halftime, actually, though. You're, you're, you got anything you want to uh, let the people know about that you got coming up? Anything to be looking out for? You guys on location anywhere? What's going on with the show? Well, we got the big trip to Woodford Reserve coming up on the 23rd and 24th. We're going to do a couple shows down there. We're going to have fun, listen in. I, I believe those are four-hour shows, too. Four-hour extravaganzas. So we're going to have fun down there. Um, yeah, but otherwise, I don't know if we're out and about. We were out and about early for the baseball season. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if Carm's got some things going on as far as um, uh, you'll be out for Whiskey yeah. Wednesdays and the Whiskey University and all that stuff that he's got going on. Yeah, but otherwise, uh, we're just powering through it every single day. Giving you radio magic, uh, 12 to 225, Carmen and Yurko, bringing the heat. That's what I listen to. Uh, as we get into the third quarter, Yurk, it's always good to think about a time where the Packers are going to be much worse. But is that time really coming? As the Packers seem like they have a little bit of belief in Jordan Love, picking up. Basically, just picking up his fifth-year option. They do extend him. Extend him for 22.5 mil for one year. You're, are we finally getting out of a time where the Packers have another string of great quarterbacks? Well, Jordan loves the unknown. We don't know. Nobody knows. I, I don't even think they know. They've got an inkling. They've got a feeling. But I don't think the Packers know exactly what they have in Jordan Love. Yeah. That's why at some point, uh, what did they say? When Cortez came to the new world, he burned his boats. That way, nobody would think about going back. You know mm, what I'm saying? Okay, yeah. So at some point, you you had to say goodbye to Aaron Rodgers so you could say hello to Jordan Love. Yeah. So that's what they did. Now they get to say hello to him, and, and now you'll find out. Now you'll see they believed in Jordan Love. They took him three years ago. They thought he was going to be a player. Um it motivated whether anybody says it or not. Aaron Rodgers was motivated by it and had himself two NFL two MVPs. Yeah, two MVP <laughs> seasons. So, uh, you know, they got what they got. You know, they got successful football seasons and campaigns, but they never went to the Super Bowl yeah. with those MVPs. So they were still kind of built a little bit short. Um, Jordan Love, can he do it? We don't know. Uh, he's basically got three years of experience with no on-field experience. It's it's so interesting. So it's I mean, three years of learning. Yeah. And remember, the first year Aaron Rodgers played, they weren't successful. No. They were 6-10. and ten. No. They yeah. weren't a very good football team. But then they saw enough to have faith in them. They came back, and then they started their run of uh, excellence. I think I think the first uh, the first drive that Aaron Rodgers has, I want to say it's Aikman that's calling it. And he's literally just like, Aaron Rodgers is going to have to play a lot better than this if he thinks he's going to be the Packers quarterback long term. I yeah. think, he, think it panned out for him there a little bit. You yeah, know what it, I mean? It, it definitely worked out for him. It's, 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 if they had a belief in Jordan Love, right? Like all of a sudden today, there's, there's this belief. We paid him with it. We believe in him. We know he's our quarterback of the future. But to me, right, if you had this belief, you'd let Aaron Rodgers go two years ago. Uh, it's hard to let go of a quarterback that has done that it. That good, yes. And then to be uh, to it, to intentionally shoot yourself in the foot mm -hmm. because you've drafted somebody and you want to go to him maybe prematurely, that's tough. Especially for new guys. Yeah. All these guys were new. Yeah. That's true. So they yeah, drafted him, Jordan Love, eventually knowing that, hey, we're going to, we might hold on to him for a couple more years, but eventually we're going to let him go. 
that after last year's 12 interception, 26 touchdown performance. <laughs> um, with, Just Rodgers with, being Rodgers. Well, with, with new people everywhere. Really. Romeo Dobbs was there. Yeah. Watson was Christian there. Watson. He let go of uh, uh, St. Brown. He let go of Valdez Scantling. He, he let go of basically everybody. Yeah. You know, we'll keep Lazard, and then we're going to give you nothing but new people. And then to expect it just to, to to flourish all the time, not necessarily no. And it wasn't like their defense was giving up a ton of points, and that's why they were losing game. There were games that the Packers only scored seven points. Yeah. They only scored 10 points, and they were losing games. And you don't expect the Packers to only score 10 points. You accept them, put high 20s, low 30s on the board. Uh, you expect them to outgun people, and that wasn't happening last year. And uh, yeah, and, and then they got the two running backs that get paid a lot of money. To me, it's just silly. <laughs> you had you had uh, Aaron Jones, and then yep. you had the other guy behind him. Say goodbye to Aaron Jones, and you get the other guy up. And then when he wants to get ba- paid, you say goodbye to him, and you get another running back up. Just doesn't make sense. To I, me. I I love how Ryan Poles is is handling the running back situation in Chicago. I'm not gonna lie to you, De- Deontay Foreman, perfect. All right, let's go get uh um uh right. What's his name? Roshan. Roshan uh, Johnson. Johnson. Roshan um, Johnson. The Priest Holmes yeah, to Ricky yeah. Williams. Yeah, let's let's go get him as, as well is, yeah. in the fourth round. And guess what? what? One of you guys won't be here next year. Either Khalil Herbert or Deontay Foreman right. won't be here next year. Exactly. Like, that's the perfect way to and, set and, things And up. then you'll get four years out of this uh, uh, Johnson, and then you'll say, hey, Lakanoch, which is a good night. Lakanoch, yeah. have a great career. Have a great life. You know, the, the positions you got to keep. You got to keep your tackle. You got to keep your quarterback. You got to keep a highfalutin corner if you have one. I don't think they have one yet. A highfalutin corner if you have. And you got to have a pass rushing defensive end. They don't have one of those either. So they've got some of the things on the wish list. Yeah. Um, you know, and we'll see what Edmonds does. Edmonds, with those two guys in front of him, I've got a little more faith in. But if you put Edmonds behind a, a, a defensive line that was playing last year, yeah. Edmonds was going to be fighting for his life every single he's, time. He's not going to be – that's the part that scares me, right? I, I think there was, is a responsibility to pay – I'm fine with you going out and getting names, right? I love Tremaine Edmonds. I think he's perfect for right. his defense when it's running perfectly. Right. I love that we've get, we've drafted Justin Fields. I think he's going to be perfect for this Bears team. But the, the part that no Bears GM has done – up until this point is get to the next step, right? We, we saw the quarterback. We were like, let's go get him a receiver. He's getting killed on the left side every time. That's okay. Let's go get him a receiver. Jamarcus Webb isn't good. That's okay. Let's go get him another receiver on the, on the defensive side. We got, we got linebackers out the wazoo, but Hey, can we get some pressure on these quarterbacks out here? You know what I mean? And and so you got to take that next step to make those guys, the blue chip guys. That's what I think that Ryan Poles is doing here. And here's the weird part about all of this year with, Jordan Love getting paid with what the Bears are building here. I have probably the weirdest request from Bears Packers of all time. Bears Packers, a weird request. All right. I want the Packers to be competitive because I want a rivalry. We have never had a Bears Packers rivalry. When you were growing up, you counted two wins versus the Packers. Well, you? it was Forrest Gregg against uh, Forrest Gregg against Mike Ditka. So there's a rivalry there because they're taking cheap shots all over the field. Whether it was Mark Lee yeah. on the sidelines, whether it was Tiger Green, whether it was Chuck Cecil on Matt Suey, there was a rivalry because the two teams hated each other. And that's and that's when they actually you know played physical football. Yeah. So you know th- that type of chicanery was happening while they were playing that that Neanderthal type of physical football yeah. where, you know, the flags were sewn into the pockets and they were hardly ever thrown. So, yeah, there was dislike then. But you're right. In the 80s, it was the Packers that was con- they were controlling it. Lynn Dickey was there. John Jefferson was there. Uh, James Lofton. I mean, they had good receivers out there. Um, they just couldn't beat the Bears. Yeah. Couldn't beat the Bears. So, yeah, the Bears controlled. Then you came to the 90s. The Packers took over. Starting in 1992. When Favre got there, and I believe 93, 94, 95, 96, 97, I think they went 10 and 0 yeah. in those five seasons yeah. against the Chicago Bears. So, yeah, they controlled it through Favre and through uh, Aaron Rodgers. I mean, for the better part, you look at both of their records against the Chicago Bears. I mean, they dominated. They won at like a 700% clip. But it took those 40 years 
for the Packers to catch up to how much we kick the crap out of them. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, so no, I, I, I want an actual rivalry. I, I don't like the rivalry that's just based off of hate, but it's not actually competitive. Both teams have to be good. <laughs> that's, what, that's what I want. Right. Like, I want Sox-Cubs, a, a, a real rivalry to be like, we're both competitive yeah. and we can actually do something here. Both I don't want teams. like, hey, we both suck, so we're, we're playing the yeah. same thing. You know what I mean? Both teams have to be good, and they've rarely been good together. And then the one year Cutler was here and they played in the uh, NFC championship game and BJ Raji had the big interception at the yep. end of the game and rumbled into the end zone after Cutler got his knee. Hurt. Yep. So it's just, it, it's been so many years of us kicking the crap out of which I like, listen, I like us kicking the crap out of them. It, yep. It's fun, but it's just not, it's not a right. It's the Steelers and the Browns. You know what I mean? Where it's just like, yeah, they, 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 for the last twenty years they got Ben Roethlisberger. You're gonna win that that match. Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna beat up on Cleveland, and Cleveland kept making mistakes when they came back. They went and drafted a quarterback that was terrible out of Kentucky. Yeah, well, yeah. Said he had a ton of arm strength. He had zero arm strength. <laughs> I looked over at Chris Palmer. I said, "Why is this kid bouncing that throw in?" I was he tired? Has he got a rag arm because of camp? He was I mean, CFL. He, he was might a have CFL. It. Oh boy, he was terrible. <laughs> I mean, I just sat and I watched. I, I'm like, oh, yeah, what the. You know, what did these guys do? What were am, they thinking? Am I, am I weird for wanting the rivalry, though? Am no, I weird no. for wanting the Packers to you be wanna, a competitive football you, team while the Bears You want to look forward to a competitive rivalry with, I mean, anybody. Like, when I was in Green Bay, our rivalry was Detroit. Yeah. Because Detroit was better than the Chicago. Chicago's on the way down. Anything Dave wants that touched in Chicago went to hell. <laughs> it did. Anything Wani touched went to crap. Absolute crapper. So that you've got to remember. It was Wani that was in charge of that fledgling ship when it started to go down. I'll give you John Theory. I'll give you a thousand draft choices he had. The minute he touched them, they went to crap. Wani, tell me how good he is. <laughs> Wani catching strays here today. What is Wani just woke up. You're what's what's Wani? What's Wani catching the strays here? <laughs> He cut my brother. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, okay. Here we go. Now That's here's right. the story. There's the story. All yeah, right. That's what happened. He cut my brother. That's oh, why I got a problem with him. I love it. I I I love. It. First off, Wani, I I don't have a problem with you. I mean, you didn't win much. I got. I, I guess there's that. But you know, outside of that, I don't have a problem with you. Still wearing the Dallas <laughs> ring around. Hey, look at me. Still got an eye. Look at me. I mean, I'm the Bears. Uh, I'm the Bears broadcast. All he's doing. <laughs> he should do interviews on television. He put the thing. Right they could see the cowboy ring right here covering up that false mustache. <laughs> the false mustache. Wait a minute. Not the mustache shot. That's Chicago. That's the mustache of Chicago. Oh God! The full mustaches. We got it. We got the full mustache. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we got it. We got to get out of this segment for Wani catches another one. Wani duck. Uh, as we head into the fourth I don't quarter. care. Say anything you want about me. <laughs> as we head into I the consider fourth quarter. Consider the source. Fourth quarter. <laughs> oh God. Um. So the draft is is finally done. We got now it's time to start looking at some of these players. Poor Wani, keep your head low. Uh who's the pick you're most excited to see here, Yerk? Because you, you well, came uh, in on to the me defensive it's easy. Line. To me, it's easy. It's the guy that's uh, uh the right tackle. The right tackle with the ability to dominate. I don't know where Nate Davis is gonna play, but if him and Tate right guard probably. Well, I'm if he and Tevin Jenkins were together, yeah. well, I tell you, you'd have yourself something going on there. If you're going to put Nate Davis at right guard, fine, and I'm going to have Tevin Jenkins over there at the left side. But still, you've got some things going on the right side of the football, yeah. and, and I like that. And remember, one place that he got beat up on last year, if you take a look, is that right right tackle position, Rife and, and Borum. They were no good. Yeah. They couldn't get it done. Braxton Jones on the other side. Braxton Jones, left tackle. Okay, he needs to grow up. Yes. You know, year in the system, played all the plays, fantastic. Now you can't have guys run down the middle of you and just throw you into the quarterback because they credited Braxton Jones with two sacks last year after he got run over and his back almost killed Justin Fields. Yeah, no. So that's got to stop. He was getting murdered by the right. bull rush. That's got to stop. So he's got to get a little more lead in his ass. He's got to be able to, if they're coming down the middle, you got to be able to sit in a chair. Yeah. Sit in a chair means you, you're bending your legs and you're forcing that guy's power up. 
So instead of his force and his momentum and his stuff coming through you, when you sit in a chair, you force that guy to go up, and now he's got no power or momentum right. momentum to come through you. So that's what you're going to be looking for. That's what you're hoping for. That's what you look you want to see out of him. I think if um, they get in a situation where they don't necessarily have to pass, life becomes easier for your offensive lineman. Yeah. Any offensive line would tell you, boy, they'd rather run block 1,000 times before they have to pass block. Because you can just go up. And well, go they'd forward. rather attack. Yeah. You'd rather attack. Yeah. You know, when you're 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 dropping back and you're giving ground, that's it's 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 second nature. It's not what you instinctively want to do. Yeah. You want to invade, you want to go get, you want to conquer, you know, that kind of thing. So but we need the left tackle to play a little bit better. And I think they've solidified their offensive line. I think they give uh, Justin Fields a chance to be properly evaluated this year, which is all you can ask for. Well, I mean, I don't know who it's going to be. Lucas Patrick, somebody else. I I, I have no idea. Probably Whitehair. So maybe Cody Whitehair. That's fine. I like Cody Whitehair at center when he used to play there. Out of necessity, they switched him to guard. Yeah. So, yeah, if Whitehair is going to be the veteran center there, I don't have too many problems with Whitehair being the center. But they've addressed it. Um, After that, I think that corner – is an intriguing prospect for me. Six foot one ninety eight, Tyreek yeah. Stevens. Yeah. At a minimum, uh, I are we guaranteeing that he takes Kendall Vildor's job? Well, I, listen, I, I mean, everybody wants to pick on Vildor, and that's fine. You know, Vildor's a guy that's been here with you, and he's been developing, and uh, maybe he doesn't have the talent to be the starting guy, yeah. but he's played. Long enough and well enough to be a contributor on your team. He should be a rotation piece. Right. Starting well, is a little right. I mean, he should be a guy that comes in as the dime, the yeah. fourth defensive back that comes into the game. Yeah. You know, if he was your dime, you I don't think you'd complain. But uh, the Vildor's got more interceptions than Johnson does, doesn't he? He does. Yes. Okay. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. That's I, that's that's the one you're looking to replace more so. Well, than I, I mean, just or just see more. Listen, passes defended. Passes defended means you're around the ball. Yeah. And interceptions. You know, guy can get an interception where it's tipped at the line of scrimmage. It's bouncing up in the air. He's got nothing to do it, but he sees it first, and and, and it comes down. So there's different types of interceptions. Yeah. You know, so certain are more impressive than others. So, um, but you got to be around the ball, and you've got to have some passes defended too. And when both of those numbers are low, then that becomes a problem. So you look at it and say, Do I have a problem? I probably have a problem here. So I like the kid that's coming in. The kid out of Florida that's coming in. Playing the two gap system. When you're in a two gap system, this is the lesson. Educators here, educators here. The, the issue yeah. was people on social media were yeah. saying he's getting out. Well, not even just social media. We yeah. we had people on TV as well. He's slow out of his stance. Mm-hmm. He's getting out of his stance too slow. So educate us when, on why when, that's not an issue. So when you're two gapping, your initial reaction is side to side. Mm-hmm. That's your reaction. I'm going to mirror the guy in front of me. I'm going to go to side to side. I'm not going forward as much. I'm going on an angle side to side, depending upon what the center is going to do. Right. You know, or, you know, if they put them in an even front, what the guard's going to do. So my job is not to penetrate and to come out of the blocks like Usain Bolt. My job is to come out with kind of feelers out and see which direction this guy's going to go. And then I got to be able to mirror this guy. So two gapping is side to side. One gap is going forward. Right. One one gap is coming out of the blocks. This is a one gap penetrating defense. I'm sure there was a familiarity with this young man when he was coming out of high school. And he was a five-star recruit, probably, just like Jalen Carter. He was above Jalen Carter. There you go. Yeah. And so Jalen Carter goes to a defense where they're playing a penetrating-style defense at the University of Georgia, and it uh, all his skills come to light. Yes. Right? This guy goes to a Florida system where all of a sudden the defense coordinator, I don't know when they came in, whether these were the guys there that was recruited a, him there or was there was a, a coaching yeah, change, there was a, a change. Philosophy change. There was a change. All of a sudden, I go from playing a penetrating style defense to a two-gap system, which is probably no idea. I, in college, I played a penetrating defense. In high school, penetrating defense. Um, I go to Miami Dolphins. They're playing a two-gap system. Yeah. And I'm reading the screws. My old coach, Dan Sikonovich, your D-line coach down there, read the screws. Read the screws. I'm like, what the is this guy talking about? <laughs> and I look up there. I look up there, and there's two screws in the helmet that yeah. are right there. Yeah. So he's saying, read the screws. Look at the screws, and the screws will take you where you need to go. And I'm like, oh, okay. But you can't be aggressive. Yeah. You got to be timid. I played in the blue-gray game. They played a 3-4. I got to be timid and play a two-gap system. It's not what I do. Yeah. I'm not a two-gapper. You know, Ted Washington. 
Big Ted, mm-hmm. take two gaps up. Joel Steed from Colorado. Joel Steed was a two gapper. Yeah. I'm not a two gapper. I'm a penetrator. So, well, shout out to you. So uh, that that's the dilemma uh, with people that are trying to analyze. Don't analyze them. You don't have good film on them. Yeah. So don't worry about it. You don't let them get into the system. Let them get into the track meet. Let them get off the ball. And, and let me see. Now, when you penetrate, you penetrate a yard, yard and a half, and that's it. Yeah. And it's find the football. Penetrate, find the football. They let you three. If, if you're free after a yard and a half, you better start looking left and right. You get your periphery on because somebody's going to give you a shot in the ear hole. Yeah. Okay. So if you get free on the defensive line, somebody's coming to get you. You just got to find out from where. Okay. So that's what he's going to have to become accustomed to. Both of these guys. Because if you got a penetrating defense, I like trapping penetrating defenses. You trap them, they take themselves out of place. All of a sudden, you got areas you can run. And it's, it'd be good playing a penetrating defense if you can do that. Brad Culpepper. Remember Culpepper? I got you. Culpepper, and uh, they had a second guy that was a pretty good player. Maybe Tony Johnson. I don't know. Played next to each other, University of Florida in the Sugar Bowl in 91. My brother's team went down there, uh, Jerome Bettis and the fellas. Okay. They went down there, and they rushed for a gazillion yards, beat Shane Matthews and the Florida Panthers and Coach Spurrier down there. And what they run? Well, they were so aggressive, Culpepper and this other guy. That all they did was start running traps up the middle, and they ended up rushing for like 285 yards because of the traps. Yeah. So that's what he's going to have to learn. You can penetrate to a certain point, then you got to settle down, hunker down, play defense. Yeah. So, but the penetrating style of defense helps you on play action passes and stuff like that because you're going to the quarterback now, and that could help you in the pass rush as you move forward. So, do you have more confidence in Javon Dexter? Um, because he was able to adjust because I will say this, right? While he was getting out late, it sounds like he was doing his job the right way. He was waiting and you saw him stop a lot, be a very good run stopper yeah. at Florida. Do you feel more confident six, in four, coming to the Bears? 313, 488. Yeah. That's what gives you the confidence, the fact that he might be able to do something. And and the and polls Same thing with Pickens. Polls believes he can get heavier and still maintain that right. speed as well. Yeah. And it's quickness. Yeah. And there is quickness. Because you're chasing a running back to the sideline. Guess who's winning? The, line, the, the running back's the running back's always going to win. Yeah. They're going to win. It's quickness inside, quickness, change of direction. The ability to go one direction, stop, come back the other direction. So, And most of the guys with speed, 4A8 speed, already have speed. Yeah. And they probably uh, uh, instinctively have that quickness also. But you need to get that quickness hardness. You need to be able to fly out of there and utilize the quickness and the change of direction. How hard is that change going to be coming from him going from a two gap to a not hard at all? See, it's easier to go two gap to one gap than it is one to two. Mm. Easier. Yeah. Right. Because it's easier to be aggressive. Right. It's easier to attack. Yeah. Trying to tell you to stop and to not do anything and don't be athletic and just stand there and, 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 and maul each other. No. There's some good techniques that could be utilized from there because you've got to be able to create space once you're entangled with a guy and then you've got to be able to get off of an individual but uh the penetrating defense is for athletic guys where they can use their skill their speed their body size um you see aaron donald swimming over the top of a guy and all of a sudden he's in the backfield creating havoc yeah that's what this defense wants to do and even if the initial surge doesn't get them you've Upset the timing of the uh, the original play to the point where now the pursuit should be able to close in on the guy and bring him down. Where's Pickens so. fit in on this line with? Well, it's with, either one or the uh, two. One's going to be a one. One's going to be a three. Uh, so nose tackle, you know, a slanted nose tackle, two eye guy, and the other guy will be more of a three guy, a, a three uh, outside of the uh, offensive guard. So yeah, I I think there's two perfect fits in there. In a system we played in Jacksonville. Both guys had to be able to play three technique in a shade on the nose. Both guys did. Me, Don Davey, Calvin Pritchett, uh, Jose White, whoever we had, Ronaldo Wynn, whoever was there, Seth Payne, all of us had to be able to play both. We'd get into a game, and sometimes to get the, one of the guys doesn't like playing on the nose, and I like playing on the nose. And they're like, Eric, you play the nose. I'm going to go out here and be a three technique. Not a problem. I like playing over the center. He had to do something first. He had to snap the ball. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> gives you a second. Yeah. Gives, gives, you me a second. A, gives me a little time to get my hands on the guy because that's what I needed to do, get my hands on the guy. So, yeah, um, I, I didn't have a problem with that. But yeah. both guys should be able to play both. That way you can play left, right, and just 
shift your defense over the way it needs to be shift, shifted over. One guy may be more adept at one of the positions, and the other guy will then have to sacrifice. Hey. Let's hope we see some good pressure from this defense. Yeah. Uh, one more thing before we get up out of here. Uh, we still have no edges. We talked about adding in yep. Yakway. We talked about how hard is it going to be if we make no more additions? Do you think Poles is going to make them? But how hard is I it going to be? The overall, I think the overall defense uh, talent-wise has been heightened. Yeah. Um, and th those guys that uh, – so who's one of our veteran defensive ends that's here, like young kid that's 25? Uh, Gibson is Gibson still oh, here? Gibson is yeah. still here. I was, I was like, we going Dominique Robinson? No, already? no, no, no. <laughs> so Gibson would be a guy that had seven sacks two years ago. Yeah, two years ago, Travis didn't have Gibson, yeah. a lot of sacks last year. So he may a guy. He may be a guy that uh, um, goes back and resorts to that seven sack form. Yeah. Um, and Makes remember, hey, seven sacks has led this team in sacks in the past. Yeah. So if you can get seven sacks from him, they only had nine from the defensive line last year. So if you can get him back on form and with what you've got and being DeMarcus in the lead. And yeah, as well, seven sacks. Right. Yeah. But getting better talent uh, everywhere on the defense helps heighten the level of the defense for everybody. You also, if you're winning more games, then you get to rush the passer in the important times in the fourth quarter yeah. when they've got a pass. That's where your sacks come. Yeah. If you plot all your sacks over the course of an NFL season time-wise, and look at where the percentage of the sacks come. And you'll find from four minutes to the end of the game, from two minutes to the end of the half. Because teams get put in must-pass situations because there's time against them, and they want to move down the length of the field. So you'd find out those two areas are probably the areas that got a lot of sacks. Right. Yeah. If you just plotted them, you know, each minute, you got 60 minutes in the game, what minute did the sacks occur in? You hardly ever see a sack in the first five minutes of the game. Hmm. Because everybody's tentative. Everybody's trying. To everybody's kind of you know like do. two heavyweight boxers just yeah. kind of measuring each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you'll you'll see very few sacks in the first five minutes of the game. Last five minutes of the game, you're going to see a thousand sacks. So keep an eye on it, man. Sacks, hope, uh, sacks come at particular times. You're up. The other team has to pass. It's near the end of the game. Keep an eye on it. Yep. Let's hope that we're talking about these rookies having a bunch of sacks this year, as well as Travis Gibson. It'd be nice to see him get back into form, man. He was a he was a player I was really high hey, on. Coach Wani, I love you. You know I do. <laughs> I just like to bust his chops every once in a while. The shots were just No, everywhere. I do. I do love – listen, I do love Wani. I, I do. Uh, you know, we played against him when he was with the Dallas Cowboys before he got the job with the Bears. Yeah. And uh, Wani was one hell of a defense coordinator. Yeah. One hell of a defense coordinator. Uh, he unfortunately just had a couple of misses and some of the guys that they were trying to draft. Um, they didn't necessarily click. All the games were tough and competitive. We played against them. We beat them one time in Green Bay by three points, I think. And, uh, you know, it was back and forth, back and forth. And we did a play where we held their center. And Leroy Butler came through, forced the fumble down on the goal line. So there are always heart, heartbreaking Hard losses game, for the yeah. Chicago Bears. But, no, I like Wani. But, you know me, I bust everybody's yeah, he, chops. He, your coach so, wouldn't be you if you He's did. a good guy. Listen, he's an exceptional coach, and he's won some uh, – He's won some uh, Super Bowl titles down there with the Dallas Cowboys, and uh, but you did cut my brother, man. <laughs> you shouldn't have cut him. Yeah, you shouldn't have cut him. That's what it comes down to. Hey, man, appreciate they kept Bluenberg. <laughs> they kept Bluenberg, and they cut my brother. Appreciate you guys for another episode of the Chicago Bears podcast. Make sure you're listening Monday through Friday on the ESPN 1000 app, and you can find us over on YouTube as well. Hit that like button, subscribe to the page. As always, man, Bear Don, we'll see you guys tomorrow. Peace.